When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 75. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Cap in America. On the podcast today, we have comedian Petey Rancel. He's a New York City comedian. He also happens to be an Iraqi war veteran. Wow, that's very special for an episode 75. It's like three quarters away to 100. That's what my math tells me. Exactly. So we, got, we have to bring out a real American hero today. A real American, a real American hero. We're going big time. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Every, a lot of times, whatever, we have on people, we go, this is going to be good. This could be fun. But I feel like this one is going to be intense. Uh, PD also is a very funny man, so he's got, I think he's going to have... This is going to be a story unlike you've ever heard. Yes. This is going to be the real story a told real by... Lost in America. Told by a comedian. We're going to find out what it was like to go, what it's like to come back. But What bef- it's like to, you know, aim a gun. I don't know how to do that <laughs> properly. Have you ever shot a gun, Kaplan? Uh, I have riflery class in camp. Had to go. It didn't go well. I can't squint. It's a real problem. <laughs> so that would be... Squinting if, was the problem? Yeah, if we could figure out a way to get... To like get reverse evolution where no one could squint, then there'd be less people with guns in America. I think no. In the in the, in the or they would land- be shooting them like blindly. Let's. <laughs> and so the big problem. Like I'm gonna ask the, my fr- the NRA if there's a gun for guys who can't squint. I'm gonna go on NRA TV this week since it's in the news. Let's see. I think it's called but, a machine gun. Oh yeah. That's, or because you can just blast anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't really have to aim. Yeah, all right. But before we get to PD, uh, we have a couple things to take care of. First yeah. of all, some house cleaning tonight. Live podcast. Stand up, are New York. You, if you don't have tickets yet, what are you doing? Are Get you, them now. Are you fucking kidding me? I got. I'm gonna rest my voice. You better rest your yeah. voice. It's tonight. We have Des Bishop. We have uh, uh, Anthony Devito. We have Sherrod Small. We have Francis Ellis from Barstool Sports. Sherrod Small is from the Race Wars podcast. We have Joe Schaefer. We have Joe Schaefer coming. He's doing live announcements. He's yeah. doing our intro, but doing it live, which yeah. is gonna be it's pumped. like when you watch Saturday Night Live or something, and it's like there's an announcer. We're, we're you know, we're he's doing like our that. Ed McMahon. He is our Ed McMahon. <laughs> We're starting out. I'm going to be doing stand up. I didn't do stand up last time. It was kind of an awkward beginning. We didn't know what we were doing. This time I'm doing. I'm telling stories about my trip to Asia that were yeah. too hot for the. Pod. I mean, it would be more awkward if I did stand up to start off. That so would it wasn't be, that bad. That <laughs> would be. Awkward. It'll just be better. <laughs> I will say, last time we did it, everyone thought you were going to do stand up. That was some miscommunication. Yeah. Everyone asked me after. They're like, "How'd Cap stand up?" Well, because half the people there apparently didn't know we did a podcast. They just were like, "I invited him to something," and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to go," and then. So they just thought I was a comedian all of a sudden. I'm doing, I was showed up at a comedy club. So. Well, you're standing on stage I, at a comedy club. I think club. now it's clear. Yes. No standing up for me. I'll be sitting down the entire time. So get those tickets. You can get them at StandUpNY.com. That's Stand Up New York's website. Get them now. Come to the show tonight. Uh, I believe it's $20 at the door or 15 if you get them now online. So get them now and then bring your friends. Come on down. Cap. One piece of business to get to. Yes. These fake lost, these losers in America. Losers in America. These fake lost in America. Where are we out on our offensive? We're ready. Well, we have our cease and desist finally uh, out. The cease and desist guy came through. It's out. We have blue shirt too. Went to work on it. Blue shirt got his minion on it. It's out. It's on the way. I'm gonna read part of it for you right, right here. Because a lot of it's it. redacted. We can't read the whole thing. I think legal reasons until they've received it. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So we're gonna read part of it. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I won't read the whole thing. Dear. 
Miss Miss McGovern and Mr. O'Neill. Can I read that? Yeah, part? let's say their names. The name say, of the defendant? Shame them. Shame on you. <laughs> I write this is written by Blue Shirt. I think it's written by Blue Shirt too, but Blue Shirt, like right. a good lawyer, he signs it. Right. He did he had his he had a guy below write it and then Blue Shirt signs it. He That's, takes credit yeah, for it. Exactly. I write on behalf of my clients. The Lost in America podcast, owned and produced by Turner Sparks and Michael Kaplan, herein referred to as the real LIA pod. Boom. He has that in herein. Very good legal term. He has that in parentheses and then inside the parentheses, quotes. So nice. that's how you know it's professional. It has come to my attention that my clients, it has come to my attention by my client that since February 3rd, 2018, I like the blue shirt, did his homework. Yeah. Looked up when their pod started. Oh, he's, he, had a, he had a person do that for him. You have been producing another podcast, also called Lost in America, in parentheses, herein referred to as the fake LIA pod mm. cast. I like that. Fake. <laughs> yes. Herein. They've just been declared fake. This blue shirt, too. We might have to move him up to blue shirt one. Yeah. Good he's writing. Really good writing. <laughs> I hope he's got a nice, colorful shirt. You've been doing this without my client's permission. Or authorization. Or authorization. Oh, I just added that. <laughs> I think that might say that, oh, too. Oh, nice. I'm not looking at it. And uh, the letter is written to demand... Oh, this letter is written to demand that you immediately cease and desist from using the mark Lost in America as the name of your podcast. There's more below, but as Kaplan's told me, I cannot read it. So that's what's going to them. That's going direct to Pittsburgh, wherever these losers are. Pittsburgh, yeah. Was it, is that the right... February 23rd, they started? I guess no February third, according February 3rd. to oh. Blue Shirt too. Um, I thought they maybe they deleted old episodes. I swear they started. I'm well, they they will be now. They're they, on the yeah, run. Baby. I thought they were starting November. Actually, or else we're taking them not to small small claims court and then big time. What's the big court? Called? Is there a TV? What's the big TV show? Is there Judge Judy still? Is that the one? Or yeah, who's... let's take them to that. Yeah. Judge Wapner. <laughs> yeah, Judge Brown. I think's one. We're everyone. The, the Supreme Court. We got to figure let's out. Get them to get the some Supreme pub- Court. Let's get publicity for both of us. Really. Send them to prison. Send them to Sing Sing. <laughs> Guantanamo. And then they could come on our pod and talk about it afterwards because we have not had a guest yet. It was lost to Guantanamo. Exactly. That would be a, that would be a, that's a for our 100th episode, that's where we should shoot for. We go Soldier 75, 100, <laughs> and then 150, we have to get the president. But that's a win win for us. Yes. That's what I like to call win win for yeah, Win win for America. Z- lose lose for them, <laughs> but they're losers in America. So, Cap, okay, last piece of business. Hello, Chinese. Yes. Sponsor of the podcast. They're going nuts. Get it? You can get it. It's the number one pod. It's the number one uh, Chinese learning app on the internet. Yeah. Number one Chinese learning app for Chinese beginners on Apple, on iTunes, on Google Play. You can get it at hellochinese.cc. It's totally free to sign up. If you want to get the premium app, it's ten dollars, ten dollars and up, maybe twenty dollars for the, the the best one. And if you put in the promo code LOST for Lost in America, you're, you get 15% off. Yeah. When you said Hello Chinese to me, I wanted to reply in Chinese what Hello Chinese is, but I have, I'm slacking. Me I'm how? losing. But my son probably knows because Teddy Kaplan has been on that app. Yes. I posted some videos on our Facebook page. You or, can check uh, it out. Yeah. It's, he is learning that. And this, this app is so even better than I realized in that once you go through each uh, lesson, there's like a quiz. At the end. At the end, you do this quiz to like, and it repeats. It's questions based on things you learned that day. It's and amazing. And then, if you at the end of it, if you get, you either get, um, if you didn't do well in the quiz, it gives you like a little broken heart thing. 
which, yeah. which my son thinks is highly entertaining. <laughs> but if you do well, Star's just shining up. And if you do well, Teddy Kaplan will declare, oh, you know Chinese. It's also that's like, what he says. <laughs> bring, 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 bring. Yeah, it goes, bring, it's bring, like yeah. a video game, yeah. basically. It's very so, stimulating. That's why it's great for your kids. Because it's like they're playing a video game. They love it. Yeah. Plus, they're learning Chinese without even realizing yeah, it. Yeah, your it's kids amazing. can learn Chinese without the smugness of telling people your kids are in like a special school that teaches Mandarin. Which is way more than $10. Yeah, way more than $10, too. <laughs> yeah. So get that. HelloChinese.cc, promo code LOST. We get a kickback. You get a 15% discount. Everybody hits. You get a, yeah. You, you, know, you get Chinese. You learn Chinese. You learn Chinese <laughs> for real, $10. And the discount. <laughs> All right, Cap, should we get to Lost in America? Bring it on. Play the music. We're back. Kaplan, you're lost in America this week. Speaking of Teddy Kaplan. Yeah. HelloChinese.cc's favorite customer. What do you got? What's yeah, going on I mean, with this Teddy? This is a kid who's, if I don't say so myself, very bright young man. Even he's, if you do say he's so already very, He already knows how to play chess. He knows, as we've discussed, every country in the world. He knows all the capitals. He's learning Chinese. He's funny. He can do a lot of things. He's a good dancer. He's got it all, right? He can play tennis. He's got it all. He seems like he's, he seems like he's on his way in life. And yet... We had career day at his school last week, and um, you know you had to dress up. They had a note came from home. They send these notes, and you you know you had to dress up in anything you wanted to for what career you wanted to like have one day. You know, now what would you have said when you were a child? Oh. I wanted to be a fireman. I wanted to be I wanted to be a spokesman for uh, thrifty car rental. I remember was my big <laughs> one. Very specific. My parents always tell people that. That is very interesting. Like I wonder what a shrink would say about that because like almost everyone's like I want to be a baseball player or a basketball player or yeah I wanted or, to be a shill for big corporations. That's where you're such a good spokesman for Ents and Hello Chains exactly. now. Exactly, I'm living my dream. We should get a thrifty as a sponsor now that you've... It actually would come full circle. So what did Teddy say? (laughs) So, yeah. So that's what you think out of a child. These are normal things. A president. Well, maybe not now, but, you know, in usual terms. Um, But he said, uh, and you know, and I had ideas. He said, I don't want to be anything. First, I was like, well, you maybe don't know. It's not that complicated. We already have an astronaut costume. You work for Halloween. You want to be an astronaut? Another one I imagine a lot of kids say, astronaut. Yeah. No, it's too. I wouldn't. It's too dangerous up in space. <laughs> I don't be an astronaut. And then you know what about a uh, basketball player? You stick on your, uh, you know, his Ben oh. Simmons shirt, and you go, or, or your Carson Wentz jersey, a football player, and he's like, no, football. It's like no, football's too dangerous. And I'm like, what about basketball? He's like, basketball's too dangerous. The ball can hit you. Wow. And then I'm like, what about a chess master? You want to be a chess master? And he's like, no, I don't want to be a chess master because the piece could hit me in the eye. So finally, Teddy Kaplan. Yeah, so finally I'm like, what, Teddy, what is going on here? You don't want to be anything? And he goes, no, I just want to be a daddy. Oh, he wants to be a stay-at-home dad. He wants to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. So my question is, is, the, is, 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 this a, is, is he the feminist ideal? Am I supposed to be working? Am I supposed to encourage this? Like, should I encourage him to not want a job when he goes up? I will. Or should I be encouraged? Should I try to fix this? Okay, my first thought is that this is a byproduct of you raising him so close to Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> so close. You're literally, what, 10 steps away from Williamsburg, Brooklyn, the epicenter 
of liberal America, right? Uh, so blaming the liberals. I like I'm this. blaming the liberals. <laughs> All right. But it, it's not a bad, I guess I'm blaming liberals, but why can't there be stay-at-home dads or stay-at-home moms? Yeah. Right? But but yeah, but there's like, so will it go full circle? Like, do you break like you know the glass ceiling? Women can run for president now. We can do they can do anything. He can break so, the glass floor. Like he, we watched this exactly. <laughs> well, we watched the Super Bowl <laughs> together, right? As I've talked about, and when uh, Nick Foles uh, was the Super Bowl MVP, and he's up there, and he had his baby in his arms, sure. and he had the headphones on, and uh, Teddy's observation was, oh, you could be a football player and a daddy. Like he, had, oh, like he yeah, thought yeah. Nick Foles was like breaking glass ceilings. Apparently, <laughs> I was like, only Nick Foles can do this. Not you mean he doesn't look at you and think that you could be a football player? Well, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> he doesn't. He um, he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, maybe now you could argue this means I'm like clearly not a hardworking. <laughs> I don't really have like a clearly definable career, <laughs> so he's not getting a good role model at home. Okay, <laughs> going out and working. <laughs> so, well, no, yeah, whatever. Stay-at-home dad, more power to him. Why not? We need those. You know, the world needs stay-at-home dads. All right, so I should. you're saying I should encourage him. I should. Be, I, I think you should encourage him to be whatever he wants to be, and if uh, what he wants to be is nothing, encourage yeah. him to be nothing. And he should tell the teachers if, they're like, if they give him a hard time for not wanting to do anything, which they might not, because I feel like we've gone so like full circle that like, if, if, like, if like Ruby was in school and saying she didn't want to be anything, she just wanted to be a mommy, I feel like they would, they would, that wouldn't be politically correct. That's not encouraged. That's not encouraged anymore, right? Not that close to Brooklyn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they would feel. The other day she said, she's like, I really want a baby in my tummy now. How do I get a baby in my tummy? And it's like, you guys, you're not, you're not leaving the house. Clock's ticking at three. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you can't have a baby in tummy until you're married. And yeah. at least they're old enough to rent a car. I think and you're right, prob- though. It's funny. I think that, yeah, you're right. If Ruby said that, it would be seen as horrible. Like, they would not put up with that at school. But if Teddy said it, I almost it's encouraged at this point. Yeah. that's Equality. a way, That's a way for them to win. It is. And then one day we'll have a nation full of stay-at-home dads. Yes. Who vote totally different. They vote like soccer moms vote now. Yeah. <laughs> it'll change. It'll flip everything upside down. It'll be great. Teddy's that's generation. A, that's what you, you can't predict what Teddy's generation is going to do. That's a utopia. So, but he will be able to speak Mandarin. He'll be able to teach his kids Chinese directly at home. Because he's because he had this app as a child. Exactly. Bonus plug. Thanks to Hello Chinese. That's you pay us more for that one. All right. Ants is an app. Speaking of bonus plugs, <laughs> this whole episode is plugs. This is just plug, plugs. plug, plug. Ants is an app. You can get in the app store up to five minute audio messages. Cap, we said we were going to be insing more. We've been doing it. We've been living up to our word. Get on Ants. Also, what we're doing now is. We're previewing who's going to be on the next next episode. Yeah. And before we have them on, we're putting out a call on Ince where you can send us in questions for them. And then we'll ask them. Like Petey Rancel. We put it out a few hours ago. Who's got a question for Petey? Up until now, no one. But if they did, <laughs> if they did we would ask it you to them. You have questions, yeah. So stay ahead of the game. Get on Ince. Find us. I'm at Turner Sparks. Cap's at Lost in America. And uh, that's it. You can keep in touch with us. All right. Should we get to Peter Ansel? Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. All right, we're back with our guest, Petey Rancel. Petey, thanks for doing it, man. How you doing? Thank you, thank you very much, sir. Uh, no, I'm living the dream. How are you, sir? Pretty good. That's what you always say every time I see you. Every time, every time. We do shows down at the Lantern together, and uh, but you've been around doing shows in New York for a while. Yeah, uh, I've been doing comedy for two and a half years, two and a half years, approaching three now. Uh, I moved here after I did like five open mics, and I was like, if you're going to do it, might as well do it. Where were you doing the open mics? Uh, I did a couple in Miami. I was a truck driver, like I was telling him, and I did a couple in Miami. I did one in Tennessee. 
Uh, one in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, you did like an open mic tour. Yeah. <laughs> you actually made a t-shirt with like, to get your dates. And, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. well, you were just driving up north and you stopped. Yeah, I was doing just a... driving up and down the East Coast. While and... you were on your trucking routes? Or... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, did you stop? You said you drove through Allentown a couple times. Did you do any comedy sets there? Oh, <laughs> no. That was a completely, that was a sitcom more than a comedy oh. show. <laughs> Allentown, Pennsylvania. We got a lot of listeners there. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. I I will never go there ever again. Oh. Shout out, because uh, <laughs> that place was just so unlucky for me. Uh, like I said, I was a truck driver, and I get in, I got into three accidents in less than a week in Allentown. Two in one day. People. What are the drivers like in Allentown? Maniacs, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad, he's, he has a lot of dinks on his car. He doesn't remember where they he came from. He ran into Petey three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was all other truck, like other big truck drivers. So it was all inside of one compound. It's there. like the most trucking, like there's a highway in, that goes through Allentown that's like the biggest truck. There's like a there's like a Dunkin' Donuts on one side of the highway and then Dunkin' Donuts the other exact side because there's that many trucks go through. Wow. They have a lot of. Allentown, uh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> the artery of America. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. The main vein. Every, yeah. The main vein. Yeah. <laughs> Call it. So you, uh, what, well, we got to, first of all, you and I, I went to college in Miami. You're from Miami. I'm from Key West. Oh, you're from Key, even Ooh, better. Where we actually went to Key West before. Kaplan really and I though. did, we went to Fantasy Fest. Fe- oh my God. Wh- are, are, did you guys decontaminate these microphones before you had it? <laughs> we didn't go yesterday. Oh, wow. Oh, no, hey, that, that doesn't matter. Probably 15 <laughs> years ago. The shit you catch at, at Fantasy Fest will linger for 15 to 20 years. I was trying to catch it. I don't think I succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Fest is an insane part of America that I think most people don't know about. And how about this? Because I'm Cuban and culturally, are we look at things differently. The first time I went to Fantasy Fest was before I was able to remember. So... Oh really? You went your whole life. Yeah, I've been. I, like, I went in a stroller. Whole, yes. <laughs> you get people are throwing beads at you in a stroller. What? I was looking for everybody's titties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're breastfeeding, you might as well just. Uh, Everyone really? should go. If you're listening right now, Fantasy Vest is like Mardi Gras, but less annoying because it's not annoying. Like Mardi Gras is annoying. There's too many people. Fantasy Vest is less people. It's a comfortable amount of people, but it's on Key West, so it's on an island. Yeah, but it's the same concept of so like no container laws in Key West. There's none no, of those. No, you can do no. whatever I you want. Remember that it was fan. I just thought we went to Key West. I don't even. I just thought that's what it was like there. I didn't know that was a special. <laughs> no, we went to Fantasy Fest. <laughs> I don't even know what it celebrates. Some god of something, right? Yeah. But it's but it's, it's all the two story buildings, just I'm like the New Orleans. Only one who stopped by Ernest Hemingway's house to do some sightseeing, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but you, what I want to talk to you about is, um, you're the only veteran I know. Yeah, uh, it's really? not my parents' age. Do I know any? I don't know any veterans. I don't think in our twenties, uh, thirties. Oh, see, so I, I do CrossFit, so like I, I know a few. But oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm not. You know I'm a, none of them are comics, though. So. You're definitely the only one I know who does comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I've met a couple of them. Uh, Omar Albiati. He had a meltdown on stage, though. So. Oh. Yeah. So he's not doing comedy anymore, or whatever. Or he's really doing comedy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he, went, he went deep. Yeah. I guess Ch- there's Chip, uh, Chip's, Chip Hall is a comedian who I, th- I believe was in the Air Force. Re- uh, I don't know if you know Chip. Okay. But where were you? What 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 were you? Were you in the Marine Corps? You're in the Marine Corps. Yes. Okay. Hurrah. When did you join the Marine Corps? In 2003. Okay. Good time. So is that yeah. before the Iraq War started, or was it? It was just as it kicked off. Uh, I joined. And how old were you? 18. 18, straight out of high school? Yes. And just, 
What was the d- decision to join? Was it like you got in trouble and your dad's like, I'm sitting at your parents, like, I'm sitting here to the Marines? No, it was like, I <laughs> that, never. That's what they told I, you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how, that's how everyone, joined. everyone joined. That's just an f- empty threat from. Like, dude, I came from a lower income family. Like, we college wasn't an option unless you worked your ass off. And th- when you come from uh, an environment that doesn't cater to the success of studying and being in school, then you really have no other option. It's either that or you can go become, like, just work. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. This might give me an opportunity to better myself. So I, I went there and, yeah. Where'd you sign up? Like, was the recruiter at your high school? Or? No, uh, my brother had already joined. My brother, uh, yeah, my brother was the, the one that was the really successful one in the military. I was the one that eked through the cracks and I made my way okay. through. Okay. And, so, and what's it like signing up? You just literally, you go into an office and you're like, is it like on Stripes? We're like, hey, I want to I be in the military. And they're like, all right. And then music plays and then. Yeah, they have the whole trumpeteer in the back and they confetti <laughs> and nah. Um yeah, you walk into the into the drum like the or the recruiting station and you have these guys that are really their job is to look really, really cool. Okay. To people that are poor. Or really patriotic to people that are white. Did they come to your school? They high, did. They, they but, come to our high school, too. But uh, I didn't, because uh, my brother had already joined. I already, already spe- started speaking with recruiters. My dad was, like, pushing me through the door of the recruiting station. So, yeah, I just, I kind of went. And then one day they were like, all right, you're leaving the boot camp. So I could see the idea of joining in, like, 1999 when you're like, hey, we're never going to war. Life's good. America's oh, the best. Oh, before the Gulf War, the first That's one. What, oh, yeah, even like even like the 80s, yeah, it seemed like but, 2003, were you scared? But, no, not really. Well, dude, because I had already come from a pretty rough uh, upbringing, and I grew up in Key West in the 80s. Like, you know my joke. I say I was literally born into a kilo of cocaine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, let's talk about a little about that. So what was your upbringing like that you... That- my parents came over from Cuba on the Mariel boat lift. 1980. 1980. Wow. Like in, yeah. that's in uh, Scarface. 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 Yeah. In the wow. Scarface. Yeah. And um, my parents, they, they moved to Miami like every other Cuban. And then my mom's family went to Key West because it was only 90 miles away from Cuba and it was an island. They fucking ran back to familiarity. Like, yeah. And my dad went down there and his godfather was a very successful uh, narcotics trafficker. And my dad was basically his right hand. Ooh. So my dad was a huge coke dealer in Key West, and then uh, they both ended up getting hooked, my mom and my dad. Right. So um, I came up in that rough, like, drug dealer environment. My dad always fighting and buying guns and, like, the whole... So when I was joining the military, I was like, all right, y'all motherfuckers better watch out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're familiar with... Like, I was like, I'm... And then, but the thing is that Combat is not nearly as bad as getting fucked with by the people that you're in the military with. What do you mean? Psychologically, because you always feel like you're going to be in trouble. I would much rather have stepped on an IED than have shown up to formation late. Wow. Why? What would they do? Because <laughs> they yell at you and they tell you that you're like, they just, bro, it's constant just yelling and like they're in your face about the most asinine bullshit. 
I couldn't, yeah, I'd be terrible. Uh, bro, I... Sintetti. Nobody wants to do with his life, we discussed. I was, I was straight up Bill Murray from the movie that he did with... Stripes. Stripes, yeah. yeah. From that, I was, that was me. I was a guy that had the attitude problem, like, you can't tell me shit. Because I would fuck somebody up. But the thing is that I know those motherfuckers killed people. Yeah. So when one of them actually turned and showed his teeth, I was like, all right, maybe I won't fuck you up. This is in the military? This is in the military. Oh, no, and then I was a defense contractor, too. Okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, Wait, so what do you do first? So you, okay. you decide you want to join, and then you go basic training? Yeah. You and go, it's boot camp? Is well, that- you, go, you go to what's called McMahon, or um, I, I can't even remember uh, what the shit's called, but MEPS, and it's where they do the physical, and the old guy grabs your nuts, and the whole... <laughs> grabs they also do that when you turn forty. Just no, they stick a finger in your ass when you turn <laughs> yeah. forty. But they also do that well, for you to get out again. of the military. In well, order for you to get out of the military, if you get disability, if you get a disability rating, uh-huh. you have to get what's called a a DRE, digital rectal exam, and a doctor just puts on a glove, <laughs> some petroleum jelly, and pop goes weasel. What are they checking for? I mean, if you're like twenty five years old, twenty five. Yeah. I was twenty. Too. Right, so you can't get no prostate problems. Then. Okay, so you're in. So you go in, and uh, what's is it still like? So your idea of going is like I'm gonna be tougher than any of these. No, my anyway. my idea of going was I don't want to be like I don't want to die broke. At least I know they pay you twice a month. Yeah, <laughs> it's a job. Yeah. yeah. And so, how long did it take the from world? the minute you decided I'm you, the minute you signed up until the minute you're in Iraq? What was the length? Six months between? No, or? no, 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 no. I went to Japan for two years first. Oh, and then... Konnichiwa. Ah. <laughs> wow, wow. I only know Konnichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were in China. Where Where were you in Japan? Uh, Okinawa. Oh, yeah, Okinawa. Yeah. There's was... comedy in Fukuoka. If you really? Back in Osaka, both have comedy clubs. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I would love to go back to Okinawa. Uh, you should do it. Dude, I, I, I would love to. I, I'll definitely do that shit. So you got yeah. two years in Okinawa to start out. Yeah, but I also went, I got deployed to the Philippines during the mudslide. I got to go help with that. And um, I got to see a little bit of that stuff. I got to see some some of mainland. So, yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good so far. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty co- pretty good, except for, like, they treat you like you're a teenager who's in trouble. Like, you had to be home before midnight. In Japan. Uh, in Japan. Well, I heard about this. You can tell me if it's true, but I heard that in Okinawa, there's tons of bars that say no Americans allowed. Yeah, no gaijin. I was going to say, like, no gaijin. And it's because uh, there's been so many terrible instances of, like, bar yeah. soldiers, there rape, ha- or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it happens. It really does. Like, we, I mean, I don't know if it's specific to Japan or anywhere else in the world that we go. We terrorize whoever is around us. Because, bro, we had a helicopter crash into a college. Where? In Japan. When you were there? When I was there. And students were in the middle of the street with, like, bullhorns and shit. Like, get out of Japan. Jeez. Well, it wasn't an intentional crash. No. Right. I mean, it wasn't some kamikaze <laughs> yeah, yeah. pilot. <laughs> first kamikaze. The first American <laughs> kamikaze. This guy had been in Japan too long. He picked up the culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess the victors can terrorize. That's wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, but then when you hear that, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but when the military started leaving Okinawa, because they, they had cried about it for so long that the U.S. was like, all right, fine, we'll leave. Okay. That it left such an economic vacuum yeah. 
Because, because they, they picked the Americans up. Or, yeah, they picked up and went to Guam, and they were starting to move. And then as soon as that fucking economic vacuum happened, the people there were like, no, 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 no. We're joking. You can stay, please. I uh, Can I tell you a quick story? I was in um, Korea doing comedy, and there's a, a base at Osan, this town called Osan, yeah. which is like an hour out of um, Seoul. And you go, and the comedy club is across the street in the town. It's not on the base. Yeah. But the town is only there. Like, it sounds like what you're describing. It's basically there because our base is there. Yeah. It's right outside the base. It's a whole street of bars, and seemingly they're like hooker bars. Somewhat, or but also they're like a mix of like old town, old time West, Wild West, you know, like right. the upstairs, downstairs <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but also then there's a comedy club. There's just a comedy club in the middle of it, some regular bars. And, at 1, 1 a.m. is the curfew yeah. in that town for the U.S. military. Yes. But there's no curfew for the Philip. Uh, sorry, the the um, Korean people or any Americans like, who aren't yeah. in the military or Americans who aren't in the military. So we're just walking around the streets, and at one a.m., all the the MP, the military police, come out and they arrest guys if yeah. they're not yeah. in by one. Yeah. American military, but yet the American military is out there policing the streets. But then the Korean mil- uh, uh, just police are there, but neither one has jurisdiction over the other. Right. But they were telling me that. Ultimately, the mayor of the town, the Korean mayor of the town, has no power because whatever the general at the base wants to do, he can do. Yeah. So he'll decide. Like he, they decided at one point they wanted no Filipinos around anymore because I guess all the Filipinos were prostitutes. They thought in that town, and he just got the mayor of the town to kick all the Filipinos out of the town. Is that crazy? Wow. Yeah, and he did it because of this economic thing you're talking about. He's like, we don't have a town. If the military, if we don't do what the military wants us to do, it well, was, I mean, but it that's the thing. That's up. that's how the. I mean, just understanding what the the U.S. government does from like the perspective of just a broke kid that came up and then got to see a little bit. Because I'm, bro, I am not educated. I'm from Florida. I'm basically retarded. <laughs> <laughs> we got no education system down there, especially in Key West, and. Um, so the only <laughs> we got no education. This is a great way to put it. <laughs> Shout out to the mayor of Key West, yes. Chancellor. Bro, I'm telling you, and it, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, it comes from like the culture and who tells you. But just from what I've been able to figure out on my own, bro, the the United States literally just grabs everyone by the balls and says, "Okay, we're here, and if you have any problems with it, I'll put these in your mouth, and you're gonna." These. That sounds like a policy the president would totally get behind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Please support the military. So I'm, I'm just getting nervous. So your story just telling me like if North Korea they should attack like at like 12:45 a.m. Like all of our soldiers at last call apparently run around a bar. Oh, totally. totally that, would be, that would be. <laughs> I, I don't want to get North Korea. So you're giving the tips out. I don't think we should be giving North Korea tips on how to attack South Korea. But if if we did, that would be that the time. would be one. Can I can I can I let you in on a little secret? Sure. You know how 19 and 20-year-olds are in college, how they're stupid and they have no kind of... Yeah. That's exactly who's in right. our military. Yeah. Right. They're not, that yeah. is exactly... They're no different. They're fucking kids that can now get alcohol... No oh boy. And, ha- <laughs> ...and know how to kill people. Jesus. And mostly men, right? And mostly men. And the women are literally being raped and just tormented to becoming men themselves. You mean the men in the the women in the military? Yes. And you're putting them in a country where most of the chicks are hot. 
<laughs> in Japan. <laughs> Interesting way to look at it. That doesn't help. Yeah. Saying we should invade countries with older, with uglier chicks to boost the esteem of our American Which brings military. us to Iraq. <laughs> oh, Yo, Jesus. play with it. A lot of hate mail. This play with, play <laughs> with it. Play with it. Some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen were when I was in Iraq. Really? Take that. Some so what was it beautiful. like when you got, like, what was your life like? Like, how much time are you, in, when you're in Iraq? So you go to Iraq as, like, a 21-year-old or something, and then you're uh, on the base, or you're in the, you're patrolling? What are you doing? All right, so I was part of what's called EOD security. Uh, we escorted the explosive disposal team to the IEDs. Or if there was an IED that had already blown up, We'd take them there so they can disarm it or blow it in place. Or if it had already blown up, we'd have to go over there to do what's called a P, uh, PBA, post-blast analysis. And, um, yeah, so we were the, the unit that was allowed to drive. Because in Iraq, in the military, you had to drive at 35 miles per hour. Why is that? Um, so that you can see the IEDs and it's a safer if you do get it. traps. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> except for these traps, you don't get a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, <laughs> and if you do, it's on your toe. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, the the speed the speed limit was a thing, but we got to go as fast as we wanted because we had to get there in a timely fashion, and we were going multiple calls. So we were going so fast that sometimes they would blow up, and they would blow up behind us. Because you'd trigger it, and by the time it went off, you were already past it? Yeah, because they they were designed to hit the longer convoys, and they wanted to hit the trucks that were valuable. So they would have the... the and, bro, we were like... <laughs> How was, close did you get to getting hit? I got hit. I I, I, I got hit by a, uh, a bungalow truck that was filled with, they guesstimate about 400 pounds of Simtex, which is a, a homemade explosive. So, okay, so you think it was just by some local, it wasn't by the military, or whoever you're, there was not no, no military. military, whoever you're, who's the organized enemy, I mean like. Well, it's an asymmetrical war. You don't have a formulated enemy. But the thing is. It, I mean, you got there after what you're. The invasion. Right, after right, the invasion. After yeah, yeah, yeah. And then But the thing the is, it, dude, well, we're. I know that I might ruffle some feathers with, with what I'm about to say, but, dude, we were out there murdering poor people so that rich people can get money. That was literally what happened in Iraq um, because, bro, we weren't fighting anybody. We were just driving through and moving supplies and stuff and then having people walking through the city like... And then these people are having to deal with Humvees crashing into their vehicles, pointing guns at them, killing their family members accidentally a lot of times. And then eventually they're just going to get fed up with it. Yeah. And they're going to fight back. Yeah. We had no business in Iraq. And even after I got out of the military, I went back there. I was still kind of brainwashed and I thought that I was doing something right. Um, I went back as a defense contractor, and while I was there, I found out, or I saw with my own eyes, Americans guarding Chinese assets in Iraq, Chinese oil pipelines. Wow, and Americans were doing that because they were getting paid by the Chinese government? We were getting paid by the American no, government. No, they probably didn't want, they didn't want it to fall into the, the insurgency hands because it's valuable probably. You know what I mean? Oil it was, but it wasn't Chinese people guarding no, their was, own. No, no, it was American. Them. It was American expats 
in in Iraq guarding Chinese company oil pipelines. And they were American companies, subsidiaries of Halliburton. I worked for Triple Canopy. Okay. Um, and it wasn't, I, I can't say that it was the company that I was working for directly, but it was Americans. <laughs> and do you think that that was contracted between the U.S. government and the Chinese government? That was a cooperation, that they were guarding that? Or do you think I, it's Kaplan saying it was they were just guarding it so that the other people didn't get it? Or do we know? Uh, no, because the thing is, uh, I, I I can't tell you for sure because I don't know. Yeah. I, it wasn't. It was above my pay grade, but I guarantee I guarantee you that <laughs> it was American companies that were getting paid to do this. Yeah. So right, right. it was American I mean. American assets being used because anything that gets goes on in Iraq. It it's get paid for by tax dollars one way or the other. This is why I mean I've I've had this theory for a long time, but this backs it up. This is why I don't think we'll never go to war with China. All this concept that we're gonna go to war with China, our our economies and we do too much business together. Right. We have too much shared interest. And our economies are so wrapped up. We buy everything that they they Man, make. Well, everything. Something we have to change in the cycle we've got going right now for us to ever have a war with China. There's no it would kill both economies. Right, it would that. also ruin all these type of things. There's too much shared interest. But the thing is, it both well, good for you that we don't have a war with China. I'm trying to find the positive <laughs> in what you're saying here, and that's what it would be. I mean, I don't think there's a world war between China and us. There, there's not going to be a world war. There, there's too all right. There's too many technologically advanced people with a lot of money for that to happen. If ever there was a huge world war, I'm a firm believer that it's just the uber rich trying to just wipe out a bunch of people and just restart and then carry on the lie. Yeah. Did you see Chinese, uh, was there Chinese military over there or any foreign military that you ended up working with? Yeah, yeah. We worked. Oh, my God. There was these uh, Polish crash fire rescue guys. What does that mean? Uh, they were uh, they were a helicopter firefighters, and they <laughs> they used to make this shit called Spiritus, that it was basically Polish moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> and we, oh my god, that shit! They used to use that shit to clean the carburetors on the helicopters. Jeez. We do a Polish drinking episode. By Joe? Yeah, see. Oh, see I, I did the By Joe. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, you. <laughs> he was on our show, our By Joe debate show. Oh, my, that. It, Which it, is better, Polish moonshine or by? Hmm. <laughs> Polish moonshine didn't taste as bad because I tasted Baijo for like three days. It, it you burp it up. Yes, for yeah. three days. That was also the top quality stuff I was giving you. <laughs> really? That was high end. Yeah, bro. That that tasted like warthog sweat. It might like, have been fake because it was through. I got it in Chinatown in like a shady bulletproof glass uh, liquor shop. Yeah, but it didn't look like the real. I don't think it was the real deal, but it. it it looked like a fake version of what they had on the bottle. Yeah. So, okay. So you were, uh, you, you, how long, when were you, what's the gap between the being in the military and being a contractor? Um, as soon as I got out, I, I went and I applied to go to training. And that's because as a contractor, is this true that what I've heard is you do basically the same thing, but you get paid way more? You get yes. paid basically what you deserve, yes. whereas military people get paid barely anything? Yes. Um, I got, I was, I was making a six-figure income. As you should if you're in harm's way right. all the time. Well, you know what a- they give you? You know what they give you as hazard duty pay in the military? What's that? I see, at least when I was there. An extra $5 a day. Yeah, see, it's ridiculous. $5 a day. 
Five dollars. If you're in like a, you mean like if you're in a combat zone. Combat zone. This is why anyone who's against. There used to be this thing in America where people were really against um, contractors. Well, that was during the Iraq War. A lot of people were against the contractors. I mean, but people forgotten. I'm for it. It's for it's a company's actually paying soldiers what they should be paid. Right. Yeah, but the thing is that you have to go through the military to become. A contractor, but in the early days of the war, they were getting high school athletes, kids right out of high school. To be contractors? To be defense contractors. Without going to the military Without first? Without going to the military first. They would, go, like they would go through. Yeah. They would <laughs> NFL team. <laughs> you get your second round pick and you're like, ah. I'm not playing for Tampa Bay. I'm going <laughs> Steve Young. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they would, they would put these kids through, through uh, like a six-week combat intensive training course and then just send them out to Iraq. Oh, so that's a problem because it's not real training. No. Well, yeah. no, it is. It is. It's training. You can train somebody, but the thing is that you're tra- you're taking somebody that his nuts has, hasn't even dropped all the way yet and you're putting a whole bunch of money in his face and saying, come on, let's go over here. You might get killed. But is and that better than putting no money in? Like less yeah. money? I mean, yeah, I think it's bullshit to send anybody to war, period. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I don't know. I, I started smoking weed at the age of 27 and it changed my perspective on everything. <laughs> it saved my life. How it so? really did. Um, but I, I hated myself uh, for a very long time with the with combination of the, the PTSD from combat and the PTSD from just growing up with that childhood. Um, so I, I had depression. I had anxiety problems. And at the age of 27, I started smoking. And for the first time in my in my adult life, I'd say I I relaxed. I was able to calm down for a moment. And it took about a year after that. But um, with smoking and relaxing, I started losing weight. And I started because I got up to 265 pounds. What do you weigh now? Uh, I'm 200, but that's because I have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you don't look unhealthy in any way. You look just like normal. No, but I was before uh, when I lost weight, I got down to a, 170 pounds. And I was... I was pretty cut. It's great. Yeah. Like I was in really good shape. So you were in Iraq for t- how long total? Total cons- like mm, I'd say total days in country about 2 years. 2 years. And how much of that was downtime sitting around doing nothing versus how much of it was high intense like we're going out we're going to uh, guard these guys who are defusing this bomb whatever that is. Uh, when Dude, I what was percentage? there, like fifty fifty. What are you? Uh, when I all right. So yeah, I'd say fifty fifty, fifty fifty. Because uh, now when I was contracting, because when I was contracting, you'd work twelve hours a day. Really? Six, six days a week. Yeah. Oh man, so earn that big money. They yeah, you got to earn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, what do you yeah. work when you're not contracting? When you're just uh, when I was when I was in the Marine Corps was um, we'd work twenty four hours on, twenty four hours off. Because we were part of what's called a QRF, a quick reaction force. So those usually are in increments of work cycles. But you have people out there that they are on base working in a warehouse that they never go outside the wire. And most of their time is sitting around playing cards and seeing how much gear they can steal from the military and sell to people that need it. <laughs> how do you get that job? You, have to- you just sign for that when you sign up. Oh, But you get made fun of your whole time and right. when you get out. Eh. But then when you get home, people don't know. You can make up stories. And, and that's what most people do. <laughs> oh, what? You know how many stories I've lied through my teeth about Iraq? Because that was part of hating myself was you you feel like you're not worthy, so you glorify your experiences there. 
And that was something that I, I suffered with for a couple of years after I got back was trying to church up what I did out there because I felt like I wasn't worthy. Well, dude, I got to say, I respect it. I don't know. I mean, I respect that there's people who, who from our country who would go over and do something like that. Who would even, I think initially it's in the name of good, right? It, it, I mean, well, I, I thought even if I was the war is not the right war, it's like we need, you know, it's like the fact that we can do it is. Exactly. We need, we're gonna... uh, every country needs soldiers, need people willing to defend the country, whether we agree with what's actually happening mm. or not. Right. I think that I think that if we took some of that funding and instead of putting it into the military, we put it into the understanding of how to survive and coexist with humanity. And we actually educated people. We put that money into education. We put that money in into therapy for everybody. We socialize how we take care of our people. And we make it so that we don't need to fight. Because, yeah, fighting is primitively ingrained in us. But we all love each other, too, from the beginning. So it depends on what you harness and what you, what you grow, which seed you water. So instead of watering the war seed, why don't we water the love seed? Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I was trying to say I love you, Petey. That's I what love I was you trying too, to say. <laughs> so but I agree. Obviously, yeah, we agree. The There's... love seat. We, we, <laughs> the I'm love all about the love seat. Caps what, hey. Did you, uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, when you, so you, did you move back to Florida after? Uh, or, I, or after you... I got out of the uh, contracting, I did move back to Florida. I went to Miami, and that's when I was there. I was a bouncer in Miami for a couple of years. Did you have, just back to uh, war real quick, did you have good experiences over there? Did you have any time when you got to meet uh, people? I did. I did get to meet some people. And it's it's funny because, bro, people are exactly the same everywhere you go. They got problems. They got people they fall in love with. They got people they hate. They Everybody loves money. They, <laughs> they got food. People breathe. If you cut them, they bleed. It's all the same. <laughs> That's the not, most sinister, but also did not know any of that heartwarming <laughs> thing I've heard. So, what? Where were you based? And then, did you like? What's the specific of what you're talking about? Was there one story you could tell us where you got to, or anything you got, you met locals? Okay, and- so when I was contracting, I had to supervise a group of Iraqis that were doing construction on this one building. And it was because over there it's all about whose cousin is who and that's how the contracts get awarded. And then they allow the local government to award the contracts to the people that are coming on base because they're working in their country. So it's still the corruption happens. So they hired a bunch of guys that don't know shit what they're doing (laughs) to to remodel this building. And my dad was a general contractor. Uh, and I got to know a little bit about construction. So I just interacted with them, and I kind of helped them out a little bit. And when I saw them doing something that was going to destroy <laughs> somebody's life. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like building a, a building without like a... No, they were, they were cutting off this blocked reinforced patio, uh, like a balcony that was inside of a building. And they have this thing, and they're, they bust, like they take like four days to just bust through the concrete. And then they're they're sawing with uh, a diamond blade through the reinforcement bar, and they're just planning on letting the balcony fall off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there's guys like standing in front of it while there's people cutting the reinforcement oh my bar. Gosh. And I was like, "What the hell?" This is, is an that? Iraqi team. Yes. Okay. Of like 
18 guys, and half of them were 19 years old. And their dad or their somebody was connected to yeah. get them the contract. Yeah. And they, I guess they would make a lot of money off that contract, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. They used to try to give me money so that I could buy American products on base, like brooms or tools, mops and shit like that, to bring it to them. And because they would just, and it, we we started becoming like it was really cool because I would just bring them stuff and then they'd bring me food and a little barter. Yeah. Did they barter. speak English? Uh, no. Uh, well, not really. I mean, everybody speaks a little bit of English. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, so we were able to communicate enough. There was one guy, one kid that he spoke well enough. Did you learn any of the local language? Uh, I mean, I I could really offend somebody. Certain words. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> it's useful. How do you say hello? Uh, like Habariyak or no? That's fucking Swahili. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's so a whole nother story. So yeah. Spend some time. No, because we worked we worked with uh, Ugandans as guards in Iraq. Oh, oh wow. Get your command. Yeah, third they're third country nationals and the guy who owns the studio or the uh runs the pod and everything, it lived in you grew up in Uganda for a little while. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Then he went on to create Venmo and that's why we're here. Really? Yeah, Venmo and then Ents, which is the app he might be in the other room. Uh no, I think he's outside. We'll introduce you to him later. Yeah. Okay, really cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Well cool man. And then as Cap was saying yeah. when you came back I guess when you came back the first time, you had a little trouble. I mean, it sounds like it, right? Adjusting back to life in America. Yeah, but yeah, that was just, it was, it's hard to like not, not be angry all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because you get like, you're over there, you're driving and people got to get out of your way. Yeah. Like you're driving at 60 miles per hour and their speed limit is 45 and they see you coming, they got to get off the side of the road. And then you come here and you get stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have PTSD. Yeah. And you're late. And that's why I was, I was losing my mind. I didn't even drive for 2 years when I when I moved to in Miami. But I got rid you, of my car. Really? Yeah. So but then you but you went back. I mean, did you have like a did that you think was, that was the way to Well, yeah, that was it. It to, was just, just go back to that what you knew. You felt like you belonged like you had a better understanding of how to how to how to exist over there. Well, I hate. All right, so I hated myself there, and I hated myself here. At least over there, it made sense. Right. So. When I was here, hating myself, I I really hated myself. So I just went over there and just whatever. Make and some, then make some money to hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well get paid for it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, gonna yeah. happen one way or the other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hear you. And then the weed helped. And then the weed helped. That's great. Weed and then people in Florida were they like? How, what's the reaction to coming back from Iraq? The war, like up here, was like very. People were very, kind of anti-war and all. Really, that. I, feel I feel like, like America. But I feel like in Florida, I don't know. It, probably, it might depend a little bit if you, because here, like you were saying, you don't know anybody. There's a lot of veterans in Florida. I know yeah. a lot of people that that joined the military, and they're very patriotic and very receptive. Basically, they're they're still blind to the whole idea of yeah. well there's a, is there a way to because i know we had in el dorado hills where i grew up outside of sacramento we had a veteran uh who was a, a year or two younger than me and he died mm. in war in war and then uh he's like a, a hero in our town right, like right. forever you right. know and everybody it was universal respect i don't think there was any bigger than Vladi. negative mm. and i think people are separating you can separate hopefully the person 
who goes over, who's in a situation like you or, or whoever, who goes over for what we think of as good and then the war. Like, you could separate, yeah. hopefully, I think people... Well, yeah, they do. I mean, everybody, whenever you meet anybody that, that doesn't actually understand what it's like, they're always super inquisitive and they're always, oh, so did you kill anybody? And it's like, that's, that's always the question that you get from people that, but ever it's since. such a ridiculous uh, question, but everybody asks I'm it. My notes here, I'm crossing. <laughs> 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 that was like, <laughs> 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 the question. But uh, over there, they, like, I get that question more here because you don't get as many veterans. Over there, there's, there's more of a culture of understanding. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and you, you get less of that question. It's more of the, oh, is everything okay? And like they're yeah. like they're more of the is everything fine and how is life adjusting? So they they really do try to help. And what about comedy? Has that has that um, how how like when did you start? I guess you started comedy a couple of years ago. Yeah, pretty far along after your yeah. recovery process and all that, or yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. would call it. Yeah, it was after I had already uh, started recovering, and I was thirty when I started doing comedy. Yeah, I was twenty eight. Yeah. Started so a little later, but who gives a shit? Right? Who gives a shit? I'm yeah. doing all right. Why? Yeah, doing great. Exactly. You have more to talk about. You I have mean, a whole life. Yeah. I don't know if you've gotten into it yet, but once you decide to, I think it's a great. I mean, there's so many things. I do. I do talk a little bit about my experiences. Well, that's all I talk about really on stage, or just my different experiences and how I view. I've heard you talk about your high school, like growing up stuff. Yeah. In Key West. Yeah, that was that's oh, a that's, lot of fun. <laughs> now, the, uh, album two, whatever. Yeah. It's, hour two is the war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Speaking of growing up, did you like how? Like, did you see like violence like in your like with like the. Like drug yeah. dealing, like right there, or was it? Bro, like I saw a-, a cop sitting at my. I swear to you, on my on my dad's ashes, I saw police officers in uniform sitting at my dinner table, doing cocaine. Oh, whoa! whoa. Yeah, like you, I wouldn't like That's I wouldn't be allowed to see them with the coke, but like my parents, oh, you guys go to, and then you'd hear. Right <laughs> And like going on in the kitchen, and like, yeah. So the cops well, would come by, do a little inspection. The thing about Key West, as we know, Kev, from our trip, it's not a big place. It's not land size. It's tiny. Right. It's tiny. It's so you would have to know the local police would have to know. Bro, who. how about this? In the nineties, the police commissioner's son went missing, and it's still an unsolved case. The Key West police. The police commissioner of Key West. His son. And that's because you think he was wrapped up in... Uh... Every, the police commissioner himself was wrapped up. And the police commissioner now, if, he, if he's not now, he was back then. If he wasn't back then, he knew everybody that was around him was. Because it was literally everywhere. It's like a different country. The Conch Republic is what yeah, they call it, right? 1982. Did you know Key West seceded from America? They yeah, did. 1982. 1982. They became the Conch Republic, their own country. Yep. For how long? They still are? For like a week and a half, like a week. two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They still call it. What them. was the Bro, reason they for did... behind it in 1982? What was going on? Talk to his dad. Alright, no. Uh, so <laughs> there was so many drugs that were being ran up the Keys and so many people that were coming into the United States illegally that the, the U.S. Border Patrol decided to just put up a roadblock uh, in front of uh, this smuggler's key or some shit like that. And it would cause so many hours of backup traffic to leave the keys that it was negatively affecting the tourism and and the, the locals. Because there's only one road in and one, out. The yeah. U.S. one. US yeah. Two-lane road. Yeah. 
And uh, so they wrote a letter to the White House saying that we're seceding. The mayor was the one. Because first the mayor said, look, take out the roadblock. And the Border Patrol was like, shut up. We do what we want. They're like, okay, you don't talk to con- to a conk like that. And they went up there <laughs> and they, they threw Cuban bread and water balloons. Amazing. <laughs> Bro. Do we have to go to war? I don't remember that chapter. <laughs> they call no, right they call the it the Falcons War. Yeah, they they call it the the sea the Great Sea Battle of nineteen eighty uh, of nineteen eighty two. They came by a they took a boat and they drove by a Coast Guard boat and they threw stale Cuban bread and water balloons and shit. God, all these people are threatening to secede California now. To, like, go, have some balls, Key West. Exactly. Throw water really everything. Right. Yeah. I feel like you, should, you need to write, this needs to be a documentary that you produce or a screenplay or a book I about have... the 1982 se- secession. That's, well, that's your idea now. You've just taken it. Is that? We all own a third now. <laughs> <laughs> you can write it. You're local. You're from there. You know all the people, especially a documentary. You can, yeah. you can track everybody down who was involved in that. Yeah, yeah, it'd be easy. That'd be awesome. All right, Petey, thank you (laughs) for doing it. Well, what do you have to promote? Then we'll get to the news. You got anything coming up or you got any shows? Uh, Yeah, every Monday at 8 at the Grizzly Pair, 107 McDougal Street, uh, I produce a show there. And I'm every weekend at AC Jokes, which is uh, Atlantic City Comedy Club with a bunch of comedians. We have uh, shows out there every weekend. Check us out, acjokes.com. Check it out. And the one, and it's in, we have because we have listeners all over the world, New York City, Greenwich Village, that's where you're, sh- the well, Atlantic, yes. Atlantic, Atlantic City, Pair. New Jersey, though. Atlantic so, City, well, New Jersey. Right, right, Yes, right. for the second yeah, yeah, one. Well, two different things. anyone wants to plan a summer getaway down and the shore. And if you guys uh, want to see what I'm working on, come check me out. I'm posting uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Petey Rancel. I'm the only one in the world. You can check me out. Wow. Amazing. Great All He's right. He's the only Turner Sparks, right? I'm the only Turner Sparks as far as I know. If I ever meet another one, I have to fight him. So there's a fight lot. Him. There's a lot absorb of absorb his soul. Exactly. <laughs> there's so many Michael Kaplan's out there. I used to be a member of a Facebook group called the Michael Kaplan's of the World that some guy started. So thousands. There's like thousands. <laughs> so, there's a lot. And then I invited them all to a party I was throwing. I was like, Anybody in this group named Michael Kaplan are free to come to this party. That'd be amazing. And one guy apparently showed up, but he never talked to me. I heard, but yeah. yeah. But then they disbanded the group, so I don't know what happened. to Everyone. The I think gang. you weirded them out. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're like, we can't all meet for real. That'd be what the is funniest. this guy? <laughs> Only Michael Kaplan's allowed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you get to see. You got to find a very common girl name to make this party interesting, because otherwise you just <laughs> something else. Kaplan. Yeah. <laughs> Kaplan, yeah. All right, let's get to the news. First news story of the week. This comes to us from The Guardian, Kaplan. All right. Two heterosexual Irish men marry each other to avoid inheritance tax on property. Is that? Okay. Explain. This isn't Irish like Americans, like a guy from Boston gets an Irish tattoo and then he's Irish. <laughs> they live this in is Ireland. like actually in Ireland. Matt Murphy, 83 years old, intends to leave his house to his uh, carer Michael O'Sullivan, who's 58 years old. So I guess wow, this, younger relationship. Good score for him. They're friends. They're, they're pals. They say. Likely story. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but it would have left. But he wanted to give his house to this guy because he couldn't pay him. But it would have left the younger guy with a 50,000 euro uh, tax bill. So instead, they just got married to avoid the tax. 
Does he not have any kids or any family or anything? We pissed off. Uh, I don't know if he has family, but this guy's been taking care of him for the last like uh, ten okay. or fifteen years. Yeah, so he, he deserves a house. Yeah, he deserves the house. He yeah, he's trying to figure out a way to pay him. He doesn't have money to pay him, so he's like, "Why don't you just take my house?" Right. And then he found out there was this fifty thousand right. euro tax. So apparently, the guy didn't like gummies. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I so. guess so. I'm all for it. I think this is like the ultimate because this podcast we didn't mention earlier, but it, we're the alt middle. You've heard of the alt right. You've heard yeah, of the yeah, left. Yeah, we're yeah, the yeah. alt middle. This okay. is the, we're the voice of the alt middle. The voice of the people. This is very <laughs> alt middle because on what it's socially liberal, like two guys getting married. Yeah, right? but it's a getting around paying taxes, which is very conservative. Very economically <laughs> conservative. I'm all for it. I'm 100%. Wasn't it like that movie with Adam Sandler? Wasn't this a plot of a movie? Yeah, yeah. I know, but I Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Is this what it's yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. No, it's about the life insurance in case the life yeah. insurance yeah. collapses. Or oh, shit. maybe they just saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, They're the two people who saw it. I mean, I worry like it's like the slippery slope thing where it's like people, if the people uh, could do this, great, but then it's like you don't want to like demean like gay marriage, right? So then it becomes like the whole thing where like, oh, people are just going to, you know, marry a dog or marry this. Why not? I don't but, think this uh, yeah. is. But, but, you don't but want here's to, the thing. I mean, why don't we? Why don't we take? Should be honor, as I'm saying. You should really. This is honoring gay marriage. No, but it's not because no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm saying, but it's not it's making a joke of it. No, yes, it is. It's making it. It's 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 utilizing it as a tool. Yeah, but that. It, who re- cares? it really points out why you shouldn't have all this tax stuff for marriage. And I'm married, so I shouldn't say this, but all this stuff's kind of bullshit. It is. It's like why? Total be- because I decided to get married. I get a tax. Like it should just be like the same. No matter what your situation is, and then no one could argue about gay marriage anymore because no one would care. Yeah, because they want us to get married <laughs> so, because they want to control us because they're the man rage against the machine. Yeah, yeah. fuck the system. Fuck so. the system. But, Here's what I would say. The last thing I have to say about this: this totally seems like an idea that Trump would come up with in one of those like ad hoc meetings where <laughs> CNN, like Diane Feinstein, yeah. sitting him and yeah. CNN's all there and everything. And he'd be like, "Well, if you two guys, why don't you just get married? That's yeah. good. Put yeah. it in the bill." Yeah. And then the next day, he'd have to walk it back when everyone told him that that was a horrible idea for like, his, <laughs> his party or whatever. Yeah. You know? But in the meeting, he'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense. Just do it." Well, now I'm thinking already. I'm like, if I if I adopt more kids, there's child tax credit. You get. Just yeah, I think that. that's the reason. Just pretend like someone's my child. <laughs> you're going to start scumbagging the yeah. system? I was going to say, I think that, that's what happens with foster kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh. is horrible. Next story. <laughs> Sir, I didn't come up with that. I'm not an original con artist. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're biting that con artist bit from somebody else. Yeah. Next story. For, this comes to us from the Shanghaiists. This, what, is, a, this is one of our top papers. We should, somebody, a, a super fan like Jennifer Miles Peak should keep track of which newspapers we use the most? I feel like the Shanghai is up there. Start retweeting us because yeah. we're giving them so we much. We give free- them so much love. Them this in the is, Daily Mail. This is a blog out of Shanghai, China. Taiwan barber will buzz Donald Trump's face into the back of your head. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's a. Is that you like can, you can go down to Miami, go to the to the to the Hialeah flea market and get that shit? Done. <laughs> hey, Hialeah. <laughs> I remember I used to know a guy who had a T-shirt that said Hialeah fucking Leah. Yeah, well, that that's what it is. It, it is high of fucking Leah. It's a hardcore part of town. Oh, okay, I know. I don't it's know. It's where all the Cubans went. Oh, so you can get some good food? Yeah. Good cigars? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. It's also near where the Orange Bowl is, which I guess was is torn yeah. down. Guess what? Syracuse doesn't, doesn't go to the Orange Bowl very often lately, so I don't, <laughs> yeah. it's been a while. So this is what yeah. they say. The Trump cut, as it's known now uh-huh. in Taiwan. Okay. The Trump cut. Give me the Trump is cut. Is it orange? Uh, it is, Well, you have to dye your hair like orange. You know you people dye their hair, they bleach it, mm-hmm. but if you have dark hair and you bleach it... Uh, Unprofessionally, it just comes out as that orangish. Yeah. That's what it is on top. And in the back, it's shaved into the back of your head. Like old New York Knicks player Anthony Mason used to get the skyline <laughs> into his head. Shout right. out. Now it's just Trump's face. But it says the Trump cut, as it's known, was cut by stylist 
Alan Chen in Taiwan and recently has become huge on social media, allowing Chen to show off some more of his masterpieces. He also does a Mickey Mouse and a Mona Lisa. I was going to ask who else he does. That's a weird threesome. Mickey Mouse, well, begs, Mona Lisa, and Don Trump. It F begs Mary the question, <laughs> if you're going to get someone uh, shaved into the back of your head, who would it be? And those are my three choices. Mickey Mouse. Others. Or any leader. Any any leader from history. Um, well, Can I get Ronald McDonald? Sure, he's a leader. He is. Ronald McDonald's a good one because also his hair is, you, you, you dye your hair red on top. Yeah. And you have his hair be your hair kind of. I, I'm just excited to get anything etched into my head with hair because I'm bald. <laughs> yeah. The level of detail, like, you know, you can actually like see, is his whole body or is it just Trump's face? It's like, Trump's face. Okay, in your hair. It's like what will soon be on, um, you know, the, uh, what's it, North Dakota, what do we have? Yeah. The Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. It'll be the, yeah. the future Mount Rushmore. You have all four plus I Trump. I think I would, maybe like you go, do you go like Che Guevara or something because then the kids will like you. I think it's cool. You go Mal. Our kids still. Go, <laughs> our kids still. I would. Go I would Hitler, go just to really to put the mustache in your face, <laughs> in your hair. I yeah. would go Xi Jinping uh -huh. because that's next generation's dictator. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, think to the future. That's it's an investment. You got like you're gonna live. China has a new dictator as of like two weeks ago. The guy said he's never stepping down. He's not stepping down. From I office. might go Ivanka Trump. Thinking along those lines. That's our new Evita. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Uh, okay. Jim Beheim. The coach, the, the coach of Syracuse basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's some kind of dictator. Yeah, he's sure. for life, so I don't know. I got a lot of options. People, fans out there, we have a lot of fans in Taiwan, I know. Ints us in. No, get our haircuts. Put, get You're our faces. Right. Also, Kaplan, we, we've done his challenges along the way. Once we get to 1,000 downloads, I think I had to shave my head. Yeah. And we get to 1,500. Should we have something shaved into our head if we get to a certain number? 2,000, Kaplan. Two, this is per week. I grew a mustache at some point. Kaplan had to grow a mu uh, pedo mustache at 2,000 per week. Uh -huh. I think at 3,000, one of us has to get Trump in. <laughs> Trump. Or some leader. Yeah, I don't think, it, honestly, in New York City, it would be safer to put, like, I mean, any of those dictators we talked about, even Hitler, probably over Trump. Back <laughs> you're you're going to get your ass kicked. In Someone's most neighborhoods in New York City. Yeah, yeah. so I don't know. That's We need more downloads well, for that. Last news story <laughs> of the week. This is it. This is our last one. This All comes right. to us from CBS New York. So we're staying right Boring. here. A father in Virginia who said that his son was kicked off a school bus for bullying students has turned his child's unique punishment into an internet sensation. Ooh. These are all internet sensations this week. <laughs> in a series of Facebook videos, the father advocated for old school, simple parenting while making his son run to school in the rain every day. The boy is 10 years old <laughs> and he lives one mile away from school. Wait, how did he? Was it uphill? No, how do you make it rain? Oh, in is, the old is, days, you control the weather. That's what, but that gets to my first point. In the old days, walking to school is not a punishment. That's just what everyone yeah, did. One mile. Yeah. How did he make him run? Did he like drive alongside him, like rock, like the trainer <laughs> Rocky, like with the car going really <laughs> slow? <laughs> run. I don't know. Was he cracking a whip? Like what? It doesn't say, but it also this is something good. For, I think for this kid's future, it's like early dad. It is early dad ammo for when yeah. he has kids. Because when these kids have kids, they're going to be, like, teleporting to school. And at least he can say, like, oh, I used to have to run to school in the rain. In the rain with my dad he'll tweeting be, about it. He'll be the only <laughs> one of his whole... <laughs> my dad tweeting about it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be the only one of his whole generation. That's a good, like, this is a theme now. Last week we talked about the dad who turned it on himself and beat himself, or had his son beat himself. Oh, this is a Chinese parenting style. Is it when, you, when this guy's son did something bad, the dad had so the son whip him. Because it was such shame he felt for, him, for failing to raise his son properly, He I wasn't guess. a good enough parent. 
it. So this in America, though, we turn it around. I, I guess I support the American wow. style. Wow. I, mean, I would have loved to have been part of that news story topic. <laughs> well, we get back to, so the son was whipping the dad because the dad said, you messed up. It's on me. They quoted some Chinese. His son quoted a Chinese idiom that like said that to the effect, basically. And, and so the son had to whip the dad for the son messing up. Oh, wow. I'd have been started stealing cars and shit. I'd have beat the fuck <laughs> out. Right, that's a good point. It would motivate you to not behave, probably. I'd beat the shit out of my old man. <laughs> I don't think that was the point. <laughs> uh, oh, you don't want to give me allowance, huh? Come in, motherfucker. <laughs> Come to shakedown. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to that parent. So style. now it's gone all the way to being a tough parent in America is just making your kid walk to a mile like, That's to how school. sad we've fallen. Like... Exactly. That, that, that's and it's actually newsworthy. He's probably that counting. Punishing. His... I mean, I'm good for this dad. That's a good way to like. Punish, your bullying's bad, right? But like, it's funny that now this is a news story. That's you walk to school one mile. I think this kid's a candidate for the military. Yeah, yeah. I think so you think he, so? he, he can run a mile apparently, or can he, <laughs> run? he can walk a mile? That, that's all right. He can get into the, the air force. He can definitely get into the air force with that. Oh, what's the hierarchy? What's the weakest one? The air force? We call it well, Coast kind Guard. of. Coast Guard is really considered like that's not <laughs> even the military. Even military. Mer Where's Merchant Marines on this <laughs> whole thing? Oh, the National Guard. Is that's that, all I'll give you. Is that part of the Marine? <laughs> <laughs> no, Merchant Marines are basically just guys who work on cruise ships, selling like or on on uh, on freaking freight ships. Cruise ships. <laughs> yeah, cruise ships. The cruise ships. Freight ships. Hey, I'm Cuban. They're all boats. No, I like <laughs> it. I like it. You you think so? Nothing of them. You're like whatever. Cruise ships. I don't know something. Yeah. Well, it's that not the military. Like oh, They're not, not the military. military. Oh, okay. You gotta survive. You get, not get seasick. Salvation Army maybe is the lowest. Former <laughs> military. So we got. Okay. Then we got. So then. You say it's Air Force, Air Force, Navy, Army, Marine Corps is what Marines I'm gonna always say. With Marines being the highest, Marines being the highest because the it's Navy always seals. it's the toughest. Well, that's in that's that's, that's specialty that's right, military. Right, right. But as far as what the general branches of service are, uh, Marine Corps has the toughest boot camp. Air, uh, Army has the second toughest. Navy has the third, and Air Force has the easiest. How come Mar the Marines doesn't have a college, though? All these teams have, like, Air Force runs the wishbone. They all football team. Well, it's the Navy Marine Corps versus Army Air Force. Oh, see, okay. It's the same. Got it. Yeah. We didn't, actually, I, I realized we didn't wrap it up. So how did you, you got a, a discharge? How'd you get out eventually, out of the military? Uh, I got a good conduct discharge by the skin of my teeth. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? And that was because of your injury? Uh, no, it's just if you don't get into too much trouble in three years, you get uh, what's called the Good Conduct Medal. And then, like, if you don't fuck up too royally, you get out and you get a Good Conduct Discharge. Right? Honorable Discharge. Nice. Give you participation trophies even in the military now. <laughs> All you gotta do is not fuck oh, up too more. Oh, oh yeah. they do. They do. <laughs> if you are in the military while the country is at war, you don't even have to go nowhere. You get a National Defense Medal. Yeah. Really? You just gotta, yeah, you, just gotta you, fight you graduate though. from boot camp uh, with a medal. That's kind of cool. Oh, if you didn't even go. If you didn't go, no Or way. if you're in like Germany or something on like a... You get, you get a medal. Wow. That's what we should do, Cap. Yeah. We should give <laughs> medals to our guests? No, we should get a medal. For we, everybody who's been on, on the show? No, we should join and then go to Germany and then uh, sneak you, away. You, could, you, you would be like a lieutenant colonel somewhere. This guy, he's going to be a Bose's mate, like painting the side of the ship. Kaplan? <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> this, guy, this guy is going to try to smuggle a bottle of tequila into Yeah, yeah. party Kaplan, That's they call how I do it. it. 
I mean, I can't do anything else. I'm t- I'm t- I have flat feet. I got all sorts of problems. I'm he already, can't I'm squint, distracted. he was I saying earlier. Squint. I'd be totally useless. <laughs> 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 all right. That's it. Petey Rancel. Thanks for doing the pod, my man. The problem? The pod. The, okay, the podcast. The pod. Thanks for doing the Triple podcast. podcast. My yeah. man. Thank you for your service. Hey, guys, thank you very, very much for having me. It's been an honor and privilege to be here with you guys. Always. All right, Cap, that's it. What are we doing now? I'm going to go sign up Teddy Kaplan for the military, and I'm going to get lost. We're, we have a live podcast tonight. We oh stand up New York shit that's tonight that's I gotta get tonight baby- I gotta we get a babysitter then should we say that again Kev what are we doing now I'm going I'm getting a babysitter I'm going to the live podcast baby and we're not getting lost because we'll see you at the live we'll podcast. see you there Stay. and if you're not there go fuck yourself hey that's <laughs> it. Hey. adios darling.